This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-anbiya wal mursaleen, nabiyina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa tabi'ina wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddini wa ba'd. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we thank him for everything he has given us, and we ask us to protect, we ask him to protect us from every difficulty and calamity. We ask him to bless every single one of us, to send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions. May Allah bless them and bless every one of us, our offspring to come as well up to the day of Qiyamah. Amin. My brothers and sisters, the heroines that we are speaking about, we started yesterday and we are going to continue by the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of those who had the highest of ranks was none other than a lady, the mother of the believers, known as Khadija binti Khuwailid. Radiyallahu anha. Khadija binti Khuwailid ibn Asad. Radiyallahu anha. So who was she? Her father was Khuwailid ibn Asad. That much we know because it's part of her name. But her mother was known as Fatima binti Zaidah. Notice the common names from amongst those of the Sahaba and even slightly before. We have names like Abdullah, names like Zainab. Zainab, a daughter of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa two of his wives, and so many others. We have Ruqayya, we have Umm Kulthum, we have Aisha, Fatima. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to name our children with those names that have good meanings and those names that are blessed. Today, sometimes we look for names that sound good, but they don't have any meaning, you know. It just sounds like a nice sound. Wow, I like that. But what does it mean? Oh, don't worry, for as long as it sounds nice. My brothers and sisters, as Muslims, it is our duty to ensure that we have chosen a name that has a good meaning. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to do that. So Khadija binti Khuwailid radiyallahu anha. Her father had died in one of the wars. So as she grew up, it is reported that she was married to a man known as Atiq ibn Aid al-Makhzumi. And they, they had... Some children according to some narrations and one child according to other narrations and no children according to some. It's, and the child here was called Hind according to some narrations. And the man passed away after some time. He too died. We don't know exactly how. And it is reported that after a short period of time she was married again to a man known as Abu Hala. Abu Hala ibn Zurara or ibn Zurara at Tamimi. And with him they had children. Hala was the name of his daughter and Hind was the name of another son. So Hind is a name that was used at the time for both male as well as female. So this is according to some of the narrations, but he had passed away as well. So she was known as a widow. She was quite young and she was a very wealthy woman from amongst the lofty tribes of Quraysh. So she was well respected. And at the same time, many of the men had wanted to marry her. But she was very skeptical because obviously she had been through a marriage and another one according to the narrations. Although some of them say it was only one marriage, the others say it was two. However, what is confirmed is she was a wealthy businesswoman who used to, 
who used to strike deals with some of the men in order to take her wealth and merchandise and go up to the north or down to the south of the peninsula and come back having engaged in business on her behalf with the condition of having a percentage of the share. Subhanallah. Which means 50%, you take it and go and work, you come back and you give me back 50%. So some of the men had done this for her. But she was not so satisfied with the exact caliber of the men and what they were doing and the, the accountability and so on. So she had heard that there was a man known as Al-Sadiq Al-Amin. The most truthful and the most trustworthy. And she was very keen on getting this man in order to do some business with. So she managed to speak to him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Muhammad ibn Abdullah. She had no clue that this man is going to be the Prophet of Allah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam something unique. And it had to happen, we will hear in a few moments. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke to her. She says, look, I'd like you to do this business and you take a certain percentage and so on. And he agreed. So she said, I will send with you one of my servants. His name is Maysarah. So Maysara went with Muhammad sallallahu Apparently they went up to Asham and they did some business and it was the barakah, the blessings. Subhanallah. May Allah grant us blessings in our business as well. Such that the profit that was made was more than double than ever before. And the accountability was to the T. Subhanallah. He gave back exactly every single coin and every fraction of merchandise that was owed. There was an account of it. And this impressed her a lot. Number one, this man is new to business, but look at how much he's come back in profit. Number two is that everything is accounted for. Number three is Maysara said, I've never seen a man like this. He is so great, so noble. His character is exemplary. He addresses everyone with utmost respect. He's so sharp that he knows business people whom he should not trust. And at the same time, he, he was always well-spoken. He was a person of the greatest of morals and conduct. And I've seen him through the journey, day and night, how he spoke, what he did, how he carried himself, how he ate. I've never seen a man like this. So when this happened, she now thought to herself, you know, I'm quite an old woman. By this time, she was approximately, you know, the narrations actually differ as to the exact age of Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. Some of them say she was 35, some say she was 25, some say she was 28. But the most common narration, she was 40 years old. We will stick to that inshallah. So 40 years old, she thought to herself, you know what? I think maybe I should see if maybe I can get this man uh, convinced to marry me. Subhanallah. Now, young man, 25, known as the most honest, the most trustworthy, Quraysh looked up to Muhammad so much prior to him becoming a prophet. They looked up to him, no doubt. There was no doubt in Quraysh that he was the most trusted person amongst them all. They knew that. So subhanallah, she spoke to a friend of hers. And she started saying, you know, what a good man. I've heard so much about him. What do you think, you know? Her name was Nafisa bint Munabbih, according to some of the narrations. Bint Munabbih. Nafisa was her name. She was a very close friend of Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. So she said, no, he's a good man. Let's see what we can do and so on. And, you know, spoke well about him. And at the same time, she decided, right, I'm going to make this match. It's going to happen. 
Well, obviously by the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she decided to talk to someone who spoke to someone and so on and so on until the news got to the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now he was an orphan looked after by the grandfather, then looked after by the uncle. So now the main person responsible for him was the uncle Abu Talib. Abu Talib had protected him and Abu, Abu Talib looked after him up to this age of 40 and subhanallah with him was the another uncle known as Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib. So Abu Talib ibn Abdul Muttalib, Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib. The two of them chose to go to those who were the custodians or the guardians, should I say, of Khadija. She was old, but her closest male relative was her uncle known as Amr ibn Asad ibn Abdul Uzza. So they went to him and they spoke, you know, to, to him. They pursued this proposal. It continued and it ended in a nikah, in a marriage, according to what they did at the time. A marriage would mean that the one family agrees with the other, the two were married, and subhanallah, they lived as a couple. So Muhammad sallallahu was married to Khadija bint Khuwailid. Imagine 25 years old, marrying someone, 40. She was so happy, she couldn't believe that he actually accepted and it actually happened, subhanallah. Amazing. But this was Allah. Allah had planned something unique. They had six children who were these six children two were boys abdullah and al-qasim al-qasim passed away at the age of two approximately it's reported that he could walk and so on he could just about jump onto an animal and that's when he passed away it was a very sad day son of muhammad وسلم, with khadija radiallahu anha he passed away and as for abdullah he was known as a tayyib or a tahir as well but his name was abdullah he passed away in infancy this was a great loss but it was preparing them. They had both struggled with loss of their parents as well as loss of relatives and now loss of their own children. Subhanallah. Khadija binti Khawailid radiallahu anha adjusted her life completely. Not one day did she make Muhammad sallallahu feel that I'm wealthier than you and I am the one and what I say will go and what my family says will go. You're an orphan. You've got nothing as it is. You were just working for me and as it is the, not a single day. She adjusted her life, she served him, she obeyed his instruction, and they shared a brilliant relationship whereby both of them grew together in such a way that they supplemented and complemented one another. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us in the same way with our spouses. So the child was lost, another child was lost. They had four daughters. The daughters were Zainab, Ruqayya, Umm Kulthum, and Fatima. These were the four daughters of Muhammad sallallahu all of them from Khadija binti Khawailid radiallahu anha. And what happened? They were looked after very well by the mother and the father. But the father, subhanallah, he was in seclusion a lot. He was very, very upset with what was happening in Quraysh in terms of burying the daughters alive. You know, when they had news of a daughter, they would get upset and they would bury these daughters alive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us May he make us from amongst those who are happy when we are informed of a female child. Wallahi, that is your door to paradise. Amen. So he had four daughters, but not, not once did he feel, hey, you know what? I've got daughters, no ways. I don't even have sons. My sons have passed away. Not once. He considered it an honor, subhanallah. So one day, as he was in the cave of Hira, subhanallah, Jibreel alayhi salam came to him with revelation. And we know the beginning of revelation was with the words, Iqara, read the words of revelation, subhanallah. 
So he responded, Ma'ana biqari. I am not a reader. I cannot read. And he was told again, Iqra, subhanallah. And the story, you know, is recorded in the books of Sirah, in the books of the history. And he was taken by this. Shivering, he ran down from the mountain. Who did he go to? Subhanallah. Who did he go to? Today, when a man has a problem, he keeps it hidden from his wife because it will become a bigger problem. Allahu Akbar. May Allah forgive us. <laughs> but when it came to Rasulullah sallallahu he knew that this woman has the qualities of a real wife whom if I go to her with a problem, she will help me through it. She will stand by my side. This was the relationship. And she knew him to be the most honest, the most trustworthy, a unique individual, the greatest of mankind and the greatest of all the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she knew the credentials of this individual. She was, subhanallah, seeing him, witnessing him come, shivering. And he says, Zammiluni, Zammiluni, you know, cover me, cover me. And immediately she covered him, she embraced him. What is it? So he mentions the story, I was in the cave. And this is what happened to me with every single detail. She said, Wallahi, Allah will never ever let you down. Never. Kalla, Wallahi, la yukhzikallahu abada. It's impossible that the Almighty let you down. You are a man who is honest. You are upright. You look after the poor. You look after the orphans. You maintain family ties. You have great qualities. You help the distressed and you reach out to others. You have no bad qualities. It's impossible that Allah let you down. No, we will find out what has just happened to you. Come with me to a cousin of mine. He knows a lot about revelation and he knows a lot about the scriptures. Let's go to him. So she took him to Waraqah ibn Nawfal who was a cousin of hers who knew a lot about the testaments, the previous scriptures. So they went to him and subhanallah, Muhammad sallallahu with his wife, Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. What a great support. What a solid, powerful pillar. She didn't tell him, no, you were seeing things. No, you know what? It was just a nightmare. No, I believe you. That was one of her first words. I believe you. There was no question about not believing him because he never ever lied before that. Subhanallah. Never, not at all. Today we try to convince our wives that we are telling them the most truthful of statements. But because we've lied 50 times in the past, even the truth is considered, okay, by the way, by the way, my brothers and sisters, we hope we can learn a lesson from this. Subhanallah. They will believe you on condition that you are a person who doesn't lie. May Allah grant us truthfulness and may he forgive us for wherever we've faulted in the past. Amen. So my brothers and sisters, here is Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha with her husband going to her cousin, Waraqa bin Nawfal. And what happened is, when they went to Waraqa bin Nawfal, he said, after hearing the story, Wallahi, this is the same angel that came to the previous prophets, including Jesus and Moses and the others. And in, in a short time, he is going to tell you to convey the message. So this was the beginning of revelation, the beginning of prophethood. But he was not yet instructed to deliver a message that was going to come in the next revelation. Subhanallah. Waraqa bin Nawfal, it's reported that he passed away before the day that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was instructed to convey the message. So he says, I wish that I am present the day you are instructed to convey the message. That was one of his statements. Waraqa bin Nawfal. Anyway, going back to our heroine of today. Subhanallah. Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. So she comes back with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam being, there's no dispute. She was the first to accept his message from all human beings, the first. 
No one had accepted it before her because she was the first to be approached. Subhanallah. So Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha, she now accepts the message. And this is when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa later on started informing the others. And amazingly, then you have Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anha, and Zayd ibn Haritha radiallahu anha, and the others who started accepting Islam. And then Quraysh starts with all their harm. And Khadija bint Khawailid was a powerful woman in Quraysh. She had business links. Today, if you are to boycott someone, it's one of the most powerful ways of destroying them to boycott. The most powerful way. If I don't do business with you, you don't do business with me, and no one does business with you, what happens to your survival? Well, your survival depends on whether or not people do business with you, because you need something to survive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. So here you have Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha, and she was so unique. She used her power in terms of economy, economic power, to, to protect Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam over and above the support as a wife that she had. So this is why later on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, she spent on me when the others held back. Subhanallah. Do you know that there was a time when Quraysh had chosen to surround them and boycott them for almost three years? What had happened? A lot of the wealth was Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. They were fed sometimes through what she had. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. May he grant us the ability to spend our wealth in the right path. So she used her wealth, but not once did she say, you're my husband, okay? How can I use my wealth on you? Today, in some cultures, if a husband has to marry a wealthy woman, they will insult him. They will call him names. Subhanallah. Look at what happened to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The wife spending on him. Subhanallah. But not once did she make it seem that this is my virtue over you. Not even once. Let's learn a lesson from this. Wallahi, it's not wrong to marry a woman who might be from a wealthy family. But it's wrong for that family to think that they are now doing him a favor. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. It is actually two ways. We serve in whatever way Allah has blessed us and they will serve in whatever way Allah has blessed them. Each one is blessed with something different from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we've all been blessed if only we search for where the blessings are and we appreciate those blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here is Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. She did not hesitate. She supported him. She protected him. She spoke highly of him even after prophethood. She constantly said he is the most truthful. What he has said is completely true. So much so that her virtue is very, very high. One day Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam came down with revelation. And do you know what he said? He says, Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Khadija binti Khawailid is about to enter the door with something in her hand. So which means she was about to enter the door. When she enters, pass her the greetings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and my own greetings. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So amazing. She was greeted. She asked, you mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala greeting me? And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, yes, you. And on top of that, Jibreel alayhi salam says, tell her that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for her a home in paradise made of pearls. So she was one of the women who was promised paradise already. Khadija bint Khawailid, one of the first. Remember, she was the first of the Ummul Mu'mineen, the mothers of the believers, the first without dispute. In fact, so much so that they say, who was higher? Aisha radiallahu anha or Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha? So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was asked later on, 
Who do you love the most? You remember we mentioned it? He said Aisha. But some of the scholars say that means from amongst those who were alive. Khadija bint Khawailid anha had already passed away. So let's listen to what happened about Khadija radiallahu anha. Aisha radiallahu anha says, you know what? Once Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he used to constantly make mention of Khadija very highly. Oh, she was a very good woman. She supported me. She did this. She did that. So one day I told him, oh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, she was an old lady. She's passed away. Allah's now given you better than her. So why do you keep on talking about her? He says, wallahi, Allah has not replaced me with someone better. Whoa, whoa. What a statement. What a statement. So what does that mean? So he continues and he says, she believed in me when everybody disbelieved. Subhanallah. She believed my message when the others disbelieved. She spent her wealth when everyone denied me. She was there. She was the strong pillar of support. And she bore all my children when none other did. And this was before Maria Al-Qibtiyah. So Aisha looked at him and he had this passion when he was speaking. And she says, forgive me. I will never ever say one word negative about Khadija after this day. And she never did. So much so that Muhammad prior to this incident, he used to constantly spend, you know, whenever they slaughtered an animal or something, he used to take a little bit of the meat and send it to the friends of Khadija, binti Khawailid radiallahu anha. This was after Hijrah as well in Medina. And Khadija bint Khawailid had already passed away. So Aisha says, before the incident where I promised never to talk negative about her, I used to say, O Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it seems like Khadija is the only woman on earth. You want to send gifts to all her friends? Subhanallah. You know, sometimes people can say statements without so realizing the impact of it. So Muhammad spoke to her again and reminded her, regarding the virtue of Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and bless them all. So Aisha radiallahu anha used to say, that was one person we knew. That as much as we felt in our hearts when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to speak, but that was her status. Allah chose her for something he did not choose us for. Allah chose her for something. And this is why uniquely when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was married to Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha, she was much older than him, but he never married anyone else. Where are those who say, Na'udhu Billah, that he was a womanizer only interested in women? Up to the age of 50s, in the 50s, 53 approximately and beyond, he only had an old woman with him. When in the peak of that youth, perhaps if he was a womanizer, he would have chosen from amongst the rest of the women who all wanted to marry him. But no, he made a choice which was really the best of choices helped by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at this. This was the man. You know, today, the peak of a man is perhaps from his early 20s, maybe slightly earlier, the late teens and so on, up to the age of about 50, 55, you would call it peak. During that peak, well, that's if you're lucky, subhanallah. You know, the men of today are slightly weaker than the men of that time, I'd like to think. So, if you'd like to call it a peak during the peak, subhanallah, he only had Khadija bint Khawailid. And she makes mention of how faithful and loyal he was. He did not say one statement to make her sad. She used to come with the food and the drink and she served him. She says he was the best of husbands ever. Subhanallah, subhanallah, amazing. 
description of Muhammad by his own wife. How many of us, our wives, would be able to bear witness similarly? Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us treat one another in a beautiful way. I mean. So this is Khadija bint Khuwaylid radiallahu anha. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, four of the women with the highest of status, the most complete of all women. Number one, Mary, the mother of Jesus, may peace be upon her. Number two, Khadija, the daughter of Khuwaylid radiallahu anha. Number three, Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad. Number four, Asiya, the wife of the Pharaoh. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all blessings. I want to quickly make mention of a story of this great woman, Khadija bint Khawaili radiallahu anha. You know, the battle of Badr took place and after that there were some captives. Khadija bint Khawaili radiallahu anha had passed away the 10th year of prophethood. That year was known as the year of sadness. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not need to make a hijrah for as long as Khadija was alive. Subhanallah, radiallahu anha. It was never discussed. Khadija alive, Abu Talib alive, no hijrah. No discussion of hijrah to Medina. Khadija passes away, Abu Talib passes away. Suddenly, it's known as the year of loss, the year of sadness. Then speech about moving out of Mecca. Why? Your main pillars of support, gone. But that was the plan of Allah. He wanted him to go to Medina Munawwara. But look at the power. Have you ever thought of it? In the life of Khadija bint Khuwaili radiallahu anha, Medina was not even discussed. Because here you had solid support. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. So the battle of Badr took place. And from amongst the captives was Abu al-As ibn al-Rabi'ah. And when they had to make a payment in order to be released, he presented a necklace. When Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa saw the necklace, his eyes were filled with tears. Why? Abu al-As ibn al-Rabi'ah was married to his daughter Zainab. And whose necklace was that? Well, Zainab sent it in order to free her husband. That necklace belonged to Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. She had given it to her daughter. So Muhammad sallallahu looks at it with tears in his eyes and asks his companions, if you allow, if you permit, we give this necklace back. It belonged to Khadija, Ummul Mu'mineen, my wife, subhanallah, Allahu Akbar. And the necklace was given back. And this is Abu al-As ibn al-Rabi'ah. He went back and later on he came as a Muslim because he saw the treatment, the fair treatment of all the captives. That is a story on its own. But going back to Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha, she was a great woman and subhanallah, she passed away as we said, the 10th year of prophethood and it was known as the year of sadness. May Allah grant her Jannah and may Allah grant us a lesson. The second heroine we have this evening from amongst the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, one of those who was the most similar to the Prophet ﷺ in almost every aspect of upbringing. Wow, you might wonder who? Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib radiallahu anha, the daughter of Abdul Muttalib. Who was Abdul Muttalib? He was the man who looked after Muhammad ﷺ when his mother passed away at the age of six. From six to eight, Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib and Muhammad ﷺ, similar age. She was one year older than him, according to the narrations. Similar age, they were brought up by the same man, two years. So she lost her father at the age of nine. Muhammad ﷺ lost his grandfather, who was her father, when he was eight years old. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon them. So what happened? She was a young girl, the daughter of Abdul Muttalib. Her name was Safiya. And she was very closely connected to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's mother was Amina binti Wahab. 
Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib's mother was the sister of Amina, known as Hala binti Wahab. Did you know that? Subhanallah. Amazing. So these two were related in another way as well. Allahu Akbar. Thereafter, Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib, she was looked after by Abu Talib. According to some of the narrations, the most correct of the narrations, the same man, the uncle who looked after Muhammad sallallahu also took care of Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib. So this is how they grew up. And it is reported that her features also resembled some of what Muhammad sallallahu had. Obviously, she was the aunt. Now, she was a woman who was married to Al-Harith ibn Harb. Who was that? The brother of Abu Sufyan ibn Harb. The leader of Quraysh, one of the leaders of Quraysh. His brother was married to Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib, but he died. When he died, she was married over to a man. Listen to this. Al-Awwam ibn Khuwaylid. So who is Al-Awwam ibn Khuwaylid? On one hand, Muhammad sallallahu is married to Khadija binti Khuwaylid. And this aunt, Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib, married to Al-Awwam ibn Khuwaylid. Here we are, related once again. Aunt and nephew married to brother, sister. Subhanallah. Look at the relation. This is why we say this was so similar to Muhammad Now listen to how she accepted Islam. Muhammad given nubuwa, given prophethood, told, Get up and warn your family and those who are close to you, the kinsmen. So what he did, he got the hold of the whole of Bani Abdul Muttalib. And he says, Oh, you people, accept Islam. This is who I am and so on. From amongst them, he took some names, names of people. He says, I want you to accept Islam, accept this message. So he says, Ya Fatima to Binta Muhammad, O Fatima, daughter of Muhammad, O Safiya, daughter of Abdul Muttalib, I cannot protect you from Allah in any way, but you accept this deen, subhanallah. And that is when the nur of Islam entered her heart. She grew up with this man. She knew the man. She knew everything about him. She knew he was honest. Immediately, she chose Islam. She said, no, this nephew of mine is totally honest. I believe what he's saying. So it's reported that her and her son, Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam, look at that. Zubair ibn al-Awwam was known as the disciple of Muhammad They accept Islam at a similar time that her brother accepted Islam. So who was her brother? Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib, subhanallah. Look at how closely connected this woman was. Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib radiallahu anha. She was a woman who was tested by Allah. She was widowed once. She married again. Al-Awwam passed away, widowed a second time. And subhanallah, she was patient. She was very brave. She looked after her child on her own, her children. One of them was a Zubair ibn al-Awwam radiallahu Young boy, she was very strict with him. It is reported she used to beat him sometimes, but in a loving way. So his uncle, her in-laws, so to speak, used to interfere a lot in the upbringing. Up to this day, you have in-laws interfering in the upbringing of children and women complain. You know, my in-laws are doing this. Relax. Give her her chance. Give them their chance. They know what they're doing. If you want to guide them, talk to them in a respectful way. But don't start interfering as though these are your own children and you're going to bring them up. They might be your grandchildren. You have definitely a right to guide, but you don't have a right to interfere. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. So Nawfal ibn Khuwaylid, who was the uncle, he used to tell her, how do you beat this child? You better leave him alone. And they used to try to spoil the child more. She said, no ways. I'm not going to allow you to spoil this child. I know that I love the child and he loves me. But I'm disciplining him because I want him to grow up to be a brave man. And to be a man who understands values. 
And this Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam used to appreciate right up to the point of his death. He appreciated his mother and how she brought him up, even though she was a little bit hard. Nawfal ibn Khawailid was one of those who used to harm Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam after he accepted Islam. So what was the point? When I'm a child, you want to spoil me. When I'm an adult now, you want to harm me. Allahu Akbar. So these are sometimes, you know, those who are distant. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to fulfill the rights of one another. So Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib, she was a woman who learned a little bit of battle herself. You know, she knew how to aim. She used to train her little child regarding spears and bows and arrows and so on. And she was a very knowledgeable person. She was also known as a poet. She has a lot of poetry that is recorded. And subhanallah, she was known as a poet. She accepted Islam as I've made mention of. She was one of the first few to accept Islam. And also when the hijrah was permitted to Medina, she was also one of the first to have made the hijrah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us in every way. She left everything behind in Makkah al-Mukarramah and she went out in the hijrah. Everything. She did not mind. She was a person who used to say that if I have to do something, if it's for the sake of Allah, I don't mind what I have to endure in its path. I will get it done. Subhanallah. So whatever was for the sake of Allah, she was happy and she did it. The hijrah for the sake of Allah, with a smile she did it. Why? She knew I'm leaving materialistic items behind. But this is going to please Allah. I'm gone. Subhanallah. So it is reported that the battle of Uhud took place. And Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib was one of those who witnessed the battle. Like we said, the women used to come across. They used to quench the thirst of those who were fighting and so on. And at the same time, they helped morally and in various other ways. So when she saw the mushrikeen coming towards Muhammad wasallam, this was right at the end of the battle. As Zubair ibn al-Awwam was now there with Muhammad wasallam, she rushed forth through the enemy lines. There were a few left. And Muhammad saw her coming and he says, Oh Zubair, look at your mother. Be careful. Make sure she does not see your uncle. Your uncle meaning the Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib. So Zubair ibn al-Awam says, Oh my mother, Muhammad is telling you to stay away. She says, Why should I stay away? Not in defiance, but trying to say, I'm strong enough. I can. So Muhammad looked and saw that she was really, you know, uh, she was so strong in her intention. So he says, it's okay, let her through. She came through and she started asking. And the next thing she sees Hamza, going towards Hamza. And the Prophet ﷺ had already warned her to say, look, he has been mutilated. Don't even go there. She says, no, may I? She got the permission and when she went, she says, oh messenger, I will bear patience. And I know Allah will reward me for what I have endured through my life. I know it. She had endured so much, but she always said, no matter what has happened, today my brother, the one I grew up with, I will endure witnessing what I'm witnessing today. And I ask Allah to reward me for the sabr and the patience that I'm bearing. Subhanallah. Who had just been lost? It was Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib, her brother. She was an orphan child, meaning at, at a certain age, the age of nine, she lost her father. She was young. And as she grew up, she had memories of her brother and so many different things. And now here he is mutilated. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all protection. Here, she was very patient. She made, she made a, a great dua, subhanallah, to, Muhammad, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there is a story we will end with, inshallah. And that is the battle of Khandaq. When the trench was dug around Medina Munawwara, 
Muhammad always used to take the women and children and put them into a little fortified area. So during the Battle of Khandaq, the men were all busy near where the trench was dug and various other places surrounding Medina Munawwara. And what happened to the women and children? They were placed into the fort belonging to Hassan ibn Thabit. It was the strongest and the best of all the forts that existed in and around Medina Munawwara. So they were all there and the men had gone. So Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib notices that there is a man from amongst the enemies who is lounging around here. He's come and he's walking and he's trying to look. He doesn't know that we are in here, but definitely he must be wanting to see as a spy whether there are men here. And from the top of the fort, she could see this man. So she decided, you know what? We're not going to let the enemy think that we're all alone here because they might come in. They might, and the enemy here meant those from amongst Banu, Banu Nadir and so on who had broken the treaty on that day. You know, Banu Nadir, Banu Qaynuqa and the others, they had a treaty with the Muslimin. They broke the treaty because they thought this day the Muslims are not going to win. So they wanted to harm the Muslims from inside. So one of these men from Banu Nadir, he was, he was trying to harm the Muslimin, spying on them. So she decided to do something. What did she do? She took a pole and she held it. She opened the door slightly. She waited to see where the man was. When he was in a proper position where she could swipe at him, she hit him with that pole. The man dropped. She hit him again and again. And then she took his body and she threw it down the fort in a way that it landed in Banu Nadir. They saw this dead body or a part of it, subhanallah. And they said, oh, that means there's some men and some strong people in that hessen. So they didn't dare go close to that place again, subhanallah. So it is reported she was the one who fought in the battle of Khandaq in a different way to protect the women and the children who were in the fort. And this was Safiya binti Abdul Muttalib radiallahu anha, great sahabiyya, one of the great women who were blessed to be amongst the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She passed away in the year 20 Hijrah, the time of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. Her age was 73. Remember, she was just one year older than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And she is buried in Baqi' in Medina Munawwara. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant her paradise and every single one of us. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayki.